Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you from the Kodesh, Lighthouse Chapel International. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Lighthouse Chapel International.
administration put your hands together for the choir again well ladies and gentlemen to prevent a spiritual heart attack the word of god is coming and then there's an anointed vessel of the most high god to deliver what is greater than any medicine any antibiotic the lord is about to perform spiritual surgery on your life put your hands together let's welcome the spiritual surgeon bishop eddie Faber. every praise Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Are you excited to be here this morning? We've had some rains in the night, but it's all good. It makes the weather very good for us, isn't it? And I'm so blessed to be here. I'm happy to see you. How many of you were at the games yesterday? Wow. How many were not there? 
we can see from your dressing that you were not there. Because you have overdressed. But today is our rep your Jesse Sunday. Rep your Jesse Sunday. We decided to wear jerseys of teams we support. Amen. And I'm sure you're all wondering which team do I support? Yeah, if you're able to guess, I'll give you a nice present. Amen. But it's good. We're using this to take advantage to invite people to church. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to go to the soccer fields to invite all of them. Because their excuse will be that they don't have anything to wear. So all wearing jersey to come with your jersey to church. Is it a good idea? Put your hands together for Jesus. So we bless the Lord and we thank God for this month of July. It's going to be our month of evangelism and church growth. Hallelujah. We are believing God to practically see the church grow on every side. The bustles, the zones, the ministries, the worker groups, and the church itself. We are believing God that it's going to grow. And it's going to grow in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, we bless the Lord and uh, there will be invitation cards that will be given out to you to also invite people. Amen. Next week Sunday is going to be our uh, old students reunion Sunday. Is it a good idea? Many of you are on old students platforms and uh, when we were doing the math and science quiz, you were busily supporting your school. Prempe College. What was the other day or what? Eh? Amount for amount. Which one is order? order? Presec. Moba or Absu or Across or Santa, Santa Claus, and whichever. Some of you two, you are not saying anything because there's nothing, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you also invite somebody to church. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. So we'll give you some invitation cards at the end of the service so you can invite somebody to church. Amen. Right. And then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we are having a crusade at uh, Sahara Park at Abraka. Sahara Park. We are believing God to give us a good weather, I tell you. So be praying for the crusade. Amen. And I believe God will give us a good weather. Hallelujah. Right, let's take our memory verse for today. Uh, I believe that it's also a good one. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. Okay, can we all read it together? Ready, go. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. I will therefore men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting first timothy chapter 2 verse 8 amen can we take it again okay go first timothy chapter 2 verse 8 i will therefore that men pray everywhere 
lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. So I will that men everywhere, I will therefore that men everywhere pray. Or men pray everywhere. Holy hands without wrath. So let's take it one time. I'm sure after the third time it will work. Okay, let's take it. Ready, go. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. Okay. Can we take it? Okay, let's try it. Okay, ready, go. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting first timothy chapter 2 verse 8 god bless you it's too powerful hallelujah father we bless you so much this beautiful beautiful sunday morning is the first sunday of the month of july beginning of the second half of the year we believe that this second half of the year will be better than the first half of the year we look forward to great things we look forward to greater blessings we look forward to better health we pray oh god that your spirit will be with us especially in this month of evangelism and church growth father may many souls be won for the kingdom may the church grow in the name of jesus let your perfect will be done in our lives in jesus name we pray amen god bless you please be seated please turn with me this morning to luke chapter 14 luke chapter 14 or like somebody says luke 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 chapter 14 and i'm reading from verse 16 okay verse 16 okay then said he unto him a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuse the first said unto him i have bought a piece of ground and i must needs go and see it i pray thee have me excused Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. (laughs) I cannot come. 
Hey. Hmm. So that servant came and showed his Lord <clears throat> these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Amen. Well, we are saying that this month is our month of evangelism and church growth. And um, right here in this scripture, we see Jesus telling us the heart of God. What is the heart of God? The heart of God is that his house will be full. Amen. Amen. Now, I want every one of you to turn and look back. Just turn, look back. Thank you very much. Now, can we describe this as full? No. So, what does it mean? There's more room, and what is the even the more serious thing that it means? No, it means we are disobeying God. We are bad servants. That's just what it means. You know, yesterday as I was praying, the Lord laid on my heart. I felt it strongly. He said, my people don't have my heart. What the Lord said. He said, tell them they don't have my heart. They are happy to be in the church. Coming, wearing their nice dress and sitting down. But they don't have the heart which I have. Which is to see my house full. Which is to make sure that everybody everywhere. Hedges, highways, byways, ghettos, anywhere. Prostitutes, whoever. They all become a part of my house. The people don't have the same heart. Maybe as pastors we are to blame. We are the ones who have not brought you to that place. But the truth of the matter is that we are disobeying God. God has done everything he can do to ensure that people are saved. Bible says that he wishes that all men will be saved. If I in the same first Timothy Chapter 2, we read. If you can go back to... Um, okay, just start from verse 1. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks be made. Verse 2. It says that for kings and for all that are in authority. Verse 3. Then he said, for 
good and acceptable in the sight of God. Verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved? That is the heart of God. That not just you, but everybody around you must be saved. That's what God is looking for. And he has made provision. He has made a great sacrifice. Bible says that the man made a great supper. But what God has done, he has made a great sacrifice to make sure that everybody else is included. He made his son to die in John chapter 3 verse 16. Bible says that for God so loved the world, not just you and another person, but the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He has invited many people, everybody, whoever you are. And the Bible says that he told the people, listen, go out. And one of the things that makes it even very serious, he said, go out quickly. No delay. No delay. The urgency of the moment is so crucial because Jesus Christ is going to come very soon. And time will come, you will not be able to do this thing again. That we are going out there and inviting people, bring them to church, let them come and join us. By the way, how many of us invited somebody to church today? Just give me your hand. Two, four, six. Six people out of everybody here. We are joking. This month of evangelism must be a practical month of evangelism. It must not be a thing that we all come and sit down. We are celebrating month of evangelism, but there's nothing to show. No, not this month. This month, we are all going to ensure. We will check it. Everybody must bring somebody to church. You may not like the message I'm preaching, but I'll preach it anyway. Because you were not there when the Lord was speaking to me. And the thing that was placed on my heart is a burning heart. Choristers, if everyone will bring one person to church, something will change in the church. We have relaxed too much. Too much. He said that my house may be filled. And they went to bring them. He said, there is still room. There is still room. Even if the place becomes full, there will still be room because we can have another service. Or we can put canopies outside. There's still room. Look at out there. There's still room out there. Look at the car park. There is still room here. Everywhere. We have no excuse, my brethren. If there's anything, God is not the one to be blamed. We are the ones to be blamed. We are not doing what we have to do. We have to go. Jesus said to the disciples, Go! into the world go just go just go. can that baby be taken out 
Now, what is the key to making this thing happen? What is the key to filling this place? What is the to making sure that souls are saved? And Jesus gives it right then. He said, go out and compel them to come in. Because you see, the excuses will be there. People will give excuses. But the reason why people give excuses is because they don't even know what they are being invited to. That's number one. And number two, they don't know what they are being delivered from. Two things. And that's the only two things that I'm talking about. That people are being delivered from something and they are being invited to something. But they don't even know what they are being delivered from. So they are happy to be in the thing they are in. They are happy to be there. They are happy to be there because they don't know it. May the Lord open the eyes of people to see May the veils that is covering the eyes of unbelievers, may the veil be removed so they can see and be saved. But it's very important. And that must be our prayer. Everybody must target somebody at your workplace, somebody around your house, a neighbor. Pray for the person. Pray for the person. Pray that the veil will be removed so they can see. So they can see. Otherwise, they will enter. You see, we have seen what it is. And so we must be the ones to make it necessary for them. They cannot see. They cannot see. People must avoid hell. I mean, if you knew what hell was about, if they came to invite you to move away, you will not say that, oh, I married a wife. So I need to chill with my wife. You are chilling with your wife. You will run away. One time the Bible says that Lot and his wife and his children, they were in Sodom. Sodom was a place where God had destined to destroy with fire. But the people didn't know. They were there partying and jamming doing their own thing, very happy. But they didn't know that fire was coming to Sodom. They will never know until somebody goes to tell them. They will be there enjoying. They will be there partying. They will be there drinking because they don't know. They don't know it. They were there in Sodom. Very happy with themselves. Meanwhile, fire was coming. So the Bible says that God sent his angel. In these times, God is not going to be doing that anymore. To be sending angels, no. No. Jesus said, you and I are the ones who are the angels who must go. When Cornelius had an angel coming to him because of his prayers and his arms, the Bible says that the angel said to Cornelius, there is a man, his name is called Peter. He lives here and here. Go and see him. He will tell you about the gospel. Why didn't the angel tell 
Cornelius about the gospel, but he said that go and call Peter to tell you. Because angels have not been given that work. You and I have been given that work to tell people about Christ. In Ezekiel chapter 3, he said that, son of man, you have told you to warn the people. But if you don't do it, I will hold you responsible for their blood. As for excuses, people will give them because they don't even know. But we who know, we must overcome the excuses. Overcome them. It takes people to get to hell. Like that rich man in the Bible in Luke 16, who went to hell and then he will say that, listen, go and tell the people that nobody should come here. But we have to wait till we get to hell. I was reading a book recently by a Korean pastor, Yong Do Kim. The title is Baptized by Blazing Fire, Divine Expose of Heaven and Hell. They had an all night. In fact, they had, I think, a month or so of all night, every night. And in the course of the all night, Jesus will come into the service and pick people, go and show them heaven. It was later when they finished that people were sharing their visions. So at the all night, people were at the all night, we are praying, but somebody has been taken to heaven or somebody has been taken to hell, being shown around. Then they bring the person back. So this lady was saying that once again, their pastor was sharing and then as they were sharing, he said, this was my first meeting with Jesus, whom I had only heard about. Suddenly, I was filled with excitement. She met Jesus, and my body started burning. I could not contain the happiness that overwhelmed me. Jesus was wearing a radiating white garment, and he spoke softly to me. He said, there is some place you have to go with me, so let's go. Firstly asked, where are we going? Jesus replied, without revealing the destination, you will know when we get there. So they traveled, and as they moved on, they got to a place, and they said, Jesus, my beloved, where are we? I can't see too well in front of me. I shouted, but Jesus said, don't be frightened. This is hell. I will protect you. So don't worry, but look closely. The fire heated the gates of hell, bright red. And even before entering it, it was unbearably hot. I had to turn away from the scorching fire and the intense heat. I asked Jesus, how can we step into this pit of fire? I don't think I can do this. If I can try to make a comparison, it looked like a scene from a television program where an iron manufacturing company was melting and synthesizing metals for harbor building materials. The heat at the entrance to hell was worse than the hollow smelting pit on TV. It was a much more intense heat. Jesus extended his hand and said, Hold on tight to my hand. 
and the unbearable burning heat dissipated. Once you have the hand of Jesus, the heat will go away. Hmm. But it was so hot that I could still sense the intensity of the heat surrounding me. Where I went with Jesus was pitch dark, and I could not see a thing. It felt like I was in a room. Then as soon as Jesus touched my eyes, I could see ever so clearly. There was an old lady with a look of despair, sitting motionless and wearing a white traditional Korean dress. Jesus instructed, look closer. So I walked closer to the old lady. It was my maternal grandmother who had passed away a few years earlier. Wow! My grandmother loved us. It was not right that my grandmother was in hell. With astonishment, I shouted out to her, Grandma, it's me. Then she mentioned my name. How can a gentle and kind person end up here? Harry, come out of there. My grandmother quickly recognized me and surprised, she asked, Haksun, why are you here? How did you come here? I replied, Jesus brought me here. Grandma, hurry and come out of there. My grandmother cried and shouted, As much as I want to get out, you can't do what you want here. You must not end up here. Leave immediately. In tears, I pleaded with Jesus. Jesus, please help my grandmother come out. My grandmother lived a sad life. In an instant, a large snake appeared below my grandmother's leg and started coiling and winding up her body. I screamed loudly. My grandmother fearfully shouted, Save me, please. But there was no use. Jesus, my beloved Jesus, I'm the one who's done so much evil, I cried. Please do something, please. But Jesus did not say a word. But his heart was breaking as he watched. I cried and cried as I begged for use. Even in the midst of this craziness, she asked about the welfare of the family. My grandmother's agonizing screams grew louder and louder. Oh no, grandma, I don't know what to do. I could not stop crying. Jesus took my hand and guided me saying, it's time to go now. It's time to go now. There are some things, there's a time for it. We don't have much time. This is somebody's grandmother who she met in hell. There are many more grandmothers and aunties and cousins and friends and neighbors. Why in hell? Because nobody told them about Christ. The thing about hell is that it's so difficult to believe that there's a place like that. That can there ever be a place like that? I have always said that. Those times we were in school, we were going to write exams. Somebody would say, oh, the teacher is saying the exam is not coming, so let's not learn again. I always tell them, listen, I will learn. If we go and it's not coming on, fine. But if we get there and it's coming on, and you're bad day. So I need to prepare. You may be saying, there's no place like hell. We cannot believe that God can make a place like that for people to go there. Listen, (laughs) it will be like a film to you when you arrive in hell after death. To be like a movie. It will be real. 
Please accept Jesus today. If we go and heaven, hell is not real, at least you lived a good life on earth. But what if there is hell? So Jesus said, because of this, compel. Compel the people to come in. Do whatever you can. To compel means seven words. I'm going to share them with you, then we close, because that's all the Lord is telling me to share with you. Number one, it means, this is a Greek word, to compel, anakazo. That is the only thing that can help us. When it comes to filling the church, when it comes to saving souls, this is the thing that can help us. The invitations, eh, I'm, I'm telling you from experience, we have done them for years. The invitations don't bring in much. If like, let's find out. How many people, somebody brought you to church, somebody brought you, not that you receive an invitation and you came, but somebody brought you. Let me see by show of hands. Somebody brought you to church. How many of you, you saw an invitation somewhere and then you took it and you came? Look at that. Nobody. Anakazo is a thing that brings people to church. It's not these invitations. I'm telling you. From experience. These invitations, people look at them, and, and, but they don't bring people. That is why this month we'll be having what we call multiplication campaign. We'll be going door to door. We will knock on every door. We will come and say, we are here to invite you to church. Yeah, uh, you will clap. Don't clap. Don't worry. Uh, I'm here to just bring you a message. So, what does it mean to compel? Number one, it means to drive. To drive. Sometimes we need to drive people into church. To drive means to be in control. When we are having a discussion with people, don't let them be in control. If you are a driver, and as you are driving a car, people are talking to you. This person is telling you, turn left. Then person turn right. No, step on the brake. We will crash. That's what happens when you go to invite people and you are not the one driving the discussion. Everybody will crash. When we go, don't let them drive the discussion. Don't let them lead the discussion. You drive them. Tell them, listen, we have to come out of this place. Yeah. When the angel went to Sodom and saw Lot, the Bible says that when he told him that there's fire coming, let's go. The Bible says that the man was just, you know, there are some people very phlegmatic. Everything, they take it easy. The Bible says that while he lingered, while he lingered, find it in Genesis for me. While, I think Genesis 19 or so. While he lingered, the angel held him by the hand. Come on now. I am not going to joke around with you. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand. Listen, we need to hold people's hands like they say, Let's go. We are going. The person may be big as Bishop Oko, but you can still move the person and drive the person to church. I'm strong here because I've meant to pull you out. Hey, may you also pull people out of hell. 
while he lingered the excuses are the lingering people linger let's go to church oh oh boy yeah listen they are lingering the next time you go you hear the person is dead you will not be happy that you didn't pull the person because god will hold you responsible and while he lingered the man laid hold upon his hand and upon the wife's hand and upon the hand of two daughters and they pulled them out of the city we must hold their hands and pull them out drive them out drive them to me you may not be happy with me number two it means to necessitate which means make it necessary for them so you i'll come to church tomorrow tell them it is necessary that you come today hey charlie I don't know whether we see it that way because if we don't see it that way, it is a waste of time coming to church. If you don't see it as necessary for your next door neighbor to be saved, then stop coming to church. Because the reason why we come to church is not to have a car, to have a house, to have wigs and shoes. The reason why we come to church is to be prepared to go out there and win some people and bring them to church. Make it necessary. That means you will not accept any excuse. It is necessary that I take you to church today. That's why next week I'm expecting that we will not be sitting here and some people, because if we understood what hell was all about, one day a man of God was praying for somebody who had been sentenced to die. And as he was praying, Oh, love you, love you, know me. Oh, they, oh. Then the man would say, Stop it! Stop it! The man who was going to die. Then the man was wondering, You are going to die, you won't be quiet. Said, oh, Stop it! So at the point, the man was wondering, Why? He said, If I believed in the thing you said you believe in, that truly there's a heaven and there's a hell. He said, even if it means I have to walk on broken bottles to tell people about Jesus, I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. When was the last time you told somebody, about, you talked to somebody about Jesus? Nobody. Because nobody seems interested. We don't see it necessary. Number three, it means to constrain. Constrain to fall. To make it, by all means, you have to be in church. By all means, you must be saved. Number four, it means to force. The Bible says that the kingdom of God, since the days of John the Baptist, is suffering violence, and the violent take it by force. Listen, people will not just follow you. If you tell them, let's go, then they will come. So I was talking to somebody. He said his friend. He has called him. Every day he says this. He said, I said, listen, people will not naturally follow you. Because our natural inclination is not to go to church. We rather want to go to somewhere, jump, do this. So to come to church is a difficult thing. So we need to force them. Force them. Force them. Number five, because I'm giving you seven. It means to persuade to persuade. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. 
he said. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We know about the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. Persuade them. Talk to them. Tell them to come. It's important. Leave them with no option. You have to be there. Number six, to negotiate. To negotiate. To negotiate. Make an arrangement. Negotiation. Negotiation. Arrange. Work out something. Number seven. It means to oblige. Oblige. I thought I had seven. I had more than seven. It means to oblige. Make it an obligation. Yeah. If something is an obligation, you are bound to it. You have to. You have to. Doctors are obliged to keep their patients alive. It's an obligation. Christians are obliged to win souls. Number eight, to threaten. <laughs> no, now when the thing is, a, you have to begin to threaten people. Charlie, you will die. You will go to hell. Something bad will happen to you. Have you? Have, you bend in hell. Have you seen hell before? You see this fire? You can't touch it. The one that is in hell is more than this one. Put fear in people because there are some people that's the language they understand. They will come and say, "Okay, I'll give my life to Christ." Threaten people. Hell is a place of fear. And number 10 or number 9, to entreat. Entreat means to beg or to ask someone earnestly. Even if it means to cry. (laughs) Hey, you know. I cannot afford to see you in hell. <laughs> you have to come to church. Yeah. You have to. One day somebody sent a video. I saw there was a guy. He was witnessing to somebody. The person was not being saved. Then he removed a gun. He said, you, you. Right now, if you don't give your life to Christ, I'll shoot you. He said, hey. The guy said, okay, I'll give my life. Anakazo. May we have the spirit of Anakazo. May we win so stand to your feet. Let's close. God bless you. Hey, God, salvation at gunpoint. Oh, when we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory sheds on our way while we do His good will. He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Oh, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust. Maybe you are here today, somebody invited you, somebody called you to come to church. 
or maybe you came on your own or you've been coming but you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior that's the only thing that can guarantee you a place in heaven today God wants you to avoid hell and make it to heaven today I stand here negotiating with you negotiating for your soul please don't die and go to hell heaven is the place God has prepared for you today you are here you are not sure whether when you die you go to heaven or hell you want to say pastor pray with me I want to surrender my life says if you're here like that just lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you you want to surrender your life to Jesus lift up your right hand God bless you I see your hands God bless you let it go up you want to be saved God bless you lift up your right hand God bless you if you have lifted up your hand please do one more thing for me come to me in front here come let's pray come 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 on to Jesus come all the way them as they come. Run to Jesus. Help them. Help them come. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come on to Jesus. Oh, keep clapping for them. Keep clapping for them. Come. Give him your life today. Come. God bless you. Come on to Jesus. God bless you, my dear. God bless you. My enemies, let's bring them to the cross. God bless you. I want you to lift up your two hands. We're going to pray together. It's a sign of surrender. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I thank you for shedding your blood to wash away my sins please forgive me all my sins I open my heart to you come into my heart and make me a new person please write my name in the Lamb's book of life from today I am yours and you are mine thank you Jesus for saving me Amen Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. What's your name? Mary. Wow. And you are? Enki. And you are? Desmond. Asamoa. Olivia. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You have taken a very important decision. Today you are part of the body of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the family of Christ. Amen. Put your hands together for them. Amen. And in this family of Christ, there's something we do. We have communion. We share and partake of the Lord's body and his blood. So today, we're going to have communion. It's our first Sunday. Let's give out the communion elements. As soon as you receive it, please hold it. Don't take it first. We're going to pray. And then you can take it, okay? Take the blood. Take the body, and we're going to pray. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather around the table of the Lord. It is by.
communion is what connects us to Christ as we take the communion the Bible says that whatever Christ has purchased for us on the cross becomes our portion and so today as we partake of this communion be conscious of it that God is blessing and renewing things in your life but most importantly as we take the communion I want us to remember the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. That because of this sacrifice, many people have to be saved. This sacrifice must not go to waste. Today, may the communion remind you of that sacrifice. And as you live here, may you make up your mind that next Sunday, you're going to bring somebody to church. Let's pray. We are praying. Ashes, pastors, we are praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up these communion elements. Thank you for your finished work on the cross. We believe, O oh God, that salvation has been purchased for us and for everyone that needs to be saved. And so, Lord, as we partake of the communion, let salvation come into your church. Let healing come into your church. Let deliverance come into your church. Lord, we declare, oh God, that this month is going to be a good month. A month of soul winning. A month, oh God, that will have sweet fellowship with you. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift up your blood. Father, we pray over this wine. We declare, oh God, that this is no longer wine, but your blood that was shed for us. Father, as your people partake of their blood, let there be healing. Let there be deliverance. We thank you, oh God, for your healing power here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Amen. bless you. You see our pastor waving his hand there. He's going to talk to you. Give you a book. Okay, please go this way. God bless you. Can take your seats. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Kodesh, Lighthouse Chapel International. For further inquiries, please call 030 7010 444. That's 030 
7010444. God richly bless you.